Let the church say amen. Now it's it's now 1.15. I don't know if y'all want to hear me after hearing so many people we are on streaming. So it's your decision. I I'm ready and I'm willing. But uh, it's 1.15 and you, you might want to wrap it up now or brethren, what shall we do? Nehemiah 8 and 5, when you open the book, all the people stood up. Uh, the thematic uh, theme and the thematic text is found, it recessed in the back of me, which may be on our, air, uh, our streaming community. Uh, it's found, our biblical text is part of that thematic uh, scripture this morning, which is found in the book of Joshua, the 14th chapter and the 11th verse. And if you put a pen there, that would be I, I, Isaiah, the 46th chapter and the fourth verse. Amen. You've heard it a couple of times this morning. And it, it simply reads thusly, as yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Put a pen there. Isaiah 46 and four. And even to your old age, I am he, and even the whore hairs will carry you. I have made and I will bear, even I will carry and will deliver you. I want you to do me a favor. Lift up your hands and stretch it toward this young man and simply say, thank you. Thank you. For being, for being still strong, still strong with, with extraordinary faith, extraordinary faith and, and extravagant blessings. Extravagant Amen. You may be seated. Still strong with extraordinary faith and extravagant blessings. My brothers and sisters, the definition of a strong man would be one who is brawny, well-built, sturdy, impregnable, impenetrable, uh, intense, deep, brilliant, bright, vivid, and indestructible. The definition of a strong man differs depending on who you are or what you have experienced. What we perceive as a strong man are, are judged uh, by an array of standards which fluctuate, fluctuate depending on our circumstances, and everyone seems to have a different definition of a strong man. If you ask a woman to describe a strong man, she, would, uh, she may respond to that strong man who is that 
he is a protector, provider, and progenitor. Right. And maybe some other things, a few other things. But if you ask a man to describe a strong man, he may respond that even a good man is one who is strong, sure, and secure. Expectations about a man vary depending on our perspective. On the sociological order, a strong man is one who has a strong presence in the family, one who loves the wife, protects the family, defends the family, and uh, provides provisions for the family, sustenance, education, and a future. In the social order, a strong man is one who demonstrates leadership in the home before his wife and his children. On the psychological order, uh, on the physiological order, a strong man is one who has a commanding physical presence. His manhood is determined only by his physical strength and, or his physical ability to reproduce. By the definition of a man, a man is not a man who is physically, physically able to defeat another man at most or stand up even if he's getting whooped at best. On the uh, physical order, a man is not a man if he is so weak in strength that he must ask his wife to open up his jars in the kitchen instead of opening up for himself. On the intellectual order, uh, a strong man is one who is smart, calculating, and one who can outthink, outwit, outsmart his opponents in any area where intellect and learning is essential. A man who has strength but not brain is considered a jock. Uh, but he is less than a man in intellectual circles. But what is a man? What is a man after years remaining strong with extraordinary faith and extravagant blessings? You know, we're living in a day and a time where the image of the African-American male or the African-American man has been fractured. Each succeeding generation of men seems to lose more and more of a few more qualities uh, that we have known historically in our culture. Uh, and, and we're overwhelmed by trying to define a, a minority man or African-American man uh, uh, or today. And, and, and there's a growing number of our men in every generation that provides for their children in the courtroom, by the courtroom. Thus our communities are experiencing a growing sense of insecurity among each generation of men uh, this, uh, and that intellectual and that uh, social order is diminishing. We are now living in a generation of different men. We might be looking at Adam and Steve or just my baby daddy. But Christian men that are strong are men called to bless their families, protect, secure, uh, with, uh, with, and put their hands on their family and bless the Lord in the process. And in the case of 62 years, there has been a, a monument and a model of an extraordinary faith 
and extravagant blessings. Well, if we'd ask any question, it might be, what's birthed uh, this extraordinary faith in extravagant blessings? There are three, very quickly, there are three crucial and indispensable areas that uh, de develops our unusual character of a strong and extraordinary faith and extravagant blessings. First of all, in order to be still with extraordinary faith and extravagant blessings is when we learn to obey God. Amen. Well, don't, don't, get, don't, don't, run, don't run ahead of me. Obey God no matter what others do to discourage us. Let me just say, you got some haters out here. I was just mixing and mingling with Dad early in the week on Tuesday. I, uh, we've just, just been here for a big event. I went over to West 112th Street, and I drove, and I was in, my, uh, in the car. I was, in, uh, I was going to a store to pay up a little bill, and uh, I was in my trunk on West 112th and Detroit, yeah. West Side. And then uh, I saw a car pulling down around the corner, turn, roll down the window. And I thought the little white lady was asking for direction. She said, what are you over here for? Are you trying to take over? Take your A double S back to Mississippi. I just simply didn't do a thing. I was just overwhelmed. She gazed at me and she rolled her window back up and drove down the street. Well, you know, I told everybody around. I finally called Dad. I didn't want to tell him too quickly. About the ne next day, I called him. I called him up. I said, Dad, you never get what happened. We were together and I, I left you from the church. Went over to West 112th Street. And uh, I was out there at Lufaria, and, and, and I was in my trunk, and the, the lady, little white lady, little young white lady, little gray hair here and there, turned the corner and she said, You know, what you over here taking over for? Take your back to Mississippi. What dad say? He said, Well, what was you driving? I said, I was driving your Mercedes. Mercedes, he was driving the Mercedes, he started laughing. I said, ah, what's wrong? They, she talked about me, told me to go back to Mississippi. We from Missouri. Told me to go back to Mississippi. I want to tell I'm from Missouri. Uh, so he said, yeah, 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 worry about it, don't worry about it. He said, because you got some white haters out here and you got some black haters out here. So my brothers and sisters, my brothers and sisters, a part of our biblical text is, you got to be still strong when they're telling you to go back to Mississippi. Amen? So, so Caleb asked Joshua, give me that portion of that hill country in, in, uh, uh, Hebron, in, in Hebron, the territory southwest of Jerusalem. And Joshua granted it to him. And Joshua was in, in his early 40s. But Joshua, um, Caleb started reminiscing. He said, when I, 40 years ago, when I was back out there with, with Moses, I was spying out the land for a mission. And, and, uh, you, you, and, and Moses said, well, this could belong to me. So some years later, Caleb told Joshua, uh, Caleb told him that uh, he was 85 years old. And what happened 40 years ago, and Joshua uh, gave it to him. That is, he allotted the hill country uh, where the Anakin lived. 
just allow me to quickly say this kind of obedient word. One of extraordinary uh, faith uh, receives an ex uh, extravagant blessing when you might say somebody that's 85 might have to go and take a seat. You will tell somebody 85 and older, just go take a seat. But Caleb noted, uh, uh, Caleb it is noted that he was a person in all Israel who was completely driven uh, his enemy to out of land. Caleb illustrates the truth that extraordinary faith coupled with an exceptional focus on the result that you will get was extravagant fulfillment. God has spiritual territory that's for you and only for you. Caleb's example serves as an example for each and every one of us. You know, we can have an extraordinary and abundant faith uh, and extraordinary faith and uh, uh, extravagant blessings uh, because as we really quickly noted that uh, uh, Caleb wasn't even from that particular era, that particular uh, culture. Caleb was the son of Johanna, uh, the Kenzite. And uh, you'll see that in the book and the Bible, in that Genesis 15 and 19. You'll see that when you read it when you get home. Don't have it. So he was from another kind of family, but he was in Abraham's family, in Abraham's day. But somewhere in Caleb's life, he, his life was changed, and he, he joined himself to, to, the, to Israel. He attached himself to Israel and embraced the one true God. And you know, in, in, in uh, Jewish culture, in he, Hebrew culture, uh, when you are adopted into the tribes, you become part of that genealogy. And I, I don't really have time to go all into it, but you become part of that genealogy because you'll find it in First Chronicles. It reveals that Caleb was adopted into the tribe of Judah. Uh, and then that tribe of Judah, which one day was born the Lion of Judah, which is Jesus Christ himself. Just, just want to quickly uh, say that our background might have some baggage. But God, somebody say, but God. But God, we have some baggage. Caleb have some baggage, but in spite of our baggage, uh, <clears throat> God will give us extravagant blessings because we have extraordinary faith because of Caleb's background. Perhaps we feel that we just don't cut it. Here's what you might say. You might say, I'm only a senior. I'm only a housewife. I'm only a mechanic. Uh, but let me tell you, here it is. The key is be obedient. Be obedient. Listen, you may not possess a lot of talent, uh, education, or money. You may not have it. Or you might have education, talent, or money. But uh, you, your, the doors won't open up until you're obedient to the one that is able to empower you. I want to have a guy witnesses in this house. But second of all, in order to still be strong uh, with extraordinary faith and extravagant blessings, it's when we find ourselves convinced or completely certain that God will make a way despite our circumstance. Just allow me to say, there has been some uncertainty over 62 years, congealing, conjoling. In other words, we've not been always all right. 
There's some ups, some downs, some turns, some turnarounds. But no matter what our circumstances, we might, uh, might not have been, we're not stymied and we're not stifled. We're moving forward like Caleb and Mark with that kind of conviction to be said, I'm going on because I have a testimony. Does anybody in here have a testimony today? Hey, 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 hey. Anybody have a testimony? He woke me up. He started me on my way. He didn't let me sleep too late. He woke me up right on time. That's some extravagant. That's sprinkling some extravagant blessings. What kind of testimony do you have? Uh, do you want to be turned around? No, no, no. I want to walk in the, the way of the Lord. I want to walk in the way of the Lord. I want to become more like Jesus. I want to be able to testify. I want to be strong, obedient, a servant, teaching, preaching, testifying in the name of Jesus. Caleb did the same thing. He was, had his own personal testimony. He testified for uh, Joshua at Gilgal. He started narrating his, uh, narrating his events for 40 years. Can you imagine his conversation with Moses? But after 40 years of conversation, he had a story in his own being and a story in his own self. And thirdly, and lastly, thirdly and lastly, in order to be strong, and remain strong with extraordinary faith and extravagant blessings, we have to know where that still strong strength comes from. That still strong strength comes from the Lord. For Caleb, what did he say? He said, give me, give me this mountain. Well, let me tell you, Caleb said he wanted the mountain. But for 62 years on this corner of 1161 East 105th Street, uh, this Christian ministry is still strong because this man has asked the Lord to give me. I wonder how I got witnesses in. Keep on giving me this mountain, this mountain-sized mountain. Caleb said, give it to me, give it to me, give me. He, 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 can you imagine what he said? I'm not seen now. I'm not pro or presumptuous. I could have easily retired and, went into, and gone into the sunset. But the Lord has given me strength, health, and strength to be able to go somewhere and do something with this. Very quickly, very quickly, there's a story that the late Bishop Underwood shares by saying that, that there was a man traveling with an animal trainer. And he was traveling with the animal trainer in a circus. One day, while they were walking together, the trainer and the man, the man passed an area where they kept all the elephants. There was a little baby elephant that weighed 300 pounds. It, it, it had a rope tied to his leg. And, and, and it was tied to, not only to his leg, but it was nailed into the ground in a, with a stake. And, and the little baby elephant with 300 pounds just walked back and forth, back and forth, all day long. He went back and forth. So uh, then they went a few feet further away. And here was a 10-ton elephant. The elephant had a chain around his leg and his leg was chained to a stake in the ground, just like the small elephant. And you know, like the small elephant, the 10-ton elephant was walking back 
and forth, back and forth. So the man asked the trainer, why that big elephant didn't just pull up the stake and run away? The trainer said, because the 10-ton elephant was the size of a small elephant at one time. And the small elephant was tied to the stake. You see, elephant, you see the elephants are smart, but the elephant had etched in his mind that he couldn't pull up the stake and he couldn't pull himself away from the rope. And though he got bigger and bigger, the, 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 the elephant still walked back and forth and the stake kept him. You know, if the, and the trainer said, if the elephant ever realized how strong he was, he could take that uh, stake and the rope and just run away. You know, my brothers and sisters, and I'm almost done. If you and I could just realize who we are Amen. in the Lord, we have the power of the Lord living inside of us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of us. We need to size up and realize that we have the power and the strength of the Holy Spirit. And we can say to any mountain, I want to have got witnesses in this house. We can say to any obstacle, I want to have got a few more witnesses in this house. We can say to anything, I'm going to pick up this stake and the rope and I'm going to claim the Lord Jesus Christ. Like the large elephant, we don't have the strength like the elephant. All we know is that our strength comes from. Our strength comes from. Our strength comes from the Lord. I'm strong today because my God is strong. I'm strong today because I've served a mighty good God. I have strong man today and a powerful man today. Because God uses me in his service. I'm strong today because the influential man can say I'm strong because the Lord lifts me up. The Lord walks with me and talks with me and tells me I am his own. I am effective man today because the Lord knows how to direct me. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. Use me, Lord. In thy service. If I falter while I'm trying, Lord, lift me up. The doors of the church are open.